This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Talk to sleep. Take a step into the unknown and experience the best in horror storytelling. Support my podcast on Patreon and receive early access to all my episodes and a vast archive of over 50 bonus episodes. You still haven't told me why you asked me out for Valentine's Day, I reminded Kyrie. Don't worry, she smirked. If you haven't figured it out by the end of the night, I'll tell you. Her gloved fingers slid between mine and she gave my hand a little squeeze. I couldn't believe this was happening. I had a crush on Kyrie since the moment we met, even though she'd shown up my apartment with a guy I couldn't stand. Johnny was my roommate's best friend. He and his crew only ever showed up after midnight, drunk, high, and looking for trouble. Things were always broken or missing in the morning, but my roommate Nate refused to control his friends. The night I met Kyrie, I woke to the sound of drunken giggles and the apartment door slamming open. What are you just standing out there for? A slurred voice shouted. Come on in! It's cold! I groaned. Johnny. In the main room, I could see my roommate, Nate, leaning boozily against the wall. A big blonde girl tried to dance on our coffee table and kicked a hole in it. Meanwhile, Johnny was ranting about a band he hated and preparing a line of coke on a handheld mirror. Blood rushed to my head. I was shoving my way toward him before I had time to think. My parents had struggled with addiction all their lives, and a dirty needle had been my mother's death sentence. I didn't want to see that stuff. Didn't want it in my home, where I lived. Put that away. Get it out of here. I snapped. Come on, man. It's my party fuel. Don't like it? Come back to bed. Johnny sneered. A short girl with frizzy brown hair watched me carefully. It's his house, Johnny, his rules. The girl rolled her eyes. Don't like it? Get your own place instead of mooching off of Nate all the time. Johnny turned red and glared at me, but he also put the coke away. Kyrie introduced herself, but I can't remember anything about the conversation. I was too focused on her dark hazel eyes and how my heart was racing in my chest. After the party, she did something none of Johnny's friends had ever done. She stayed to help clean up. By the way, Kyrie asked, wiping a red jello shot off of the counter. What are you doing for Valentine's Day? Well, it's a Tuesday, so probably work and then the gym. <laughs> I laughed, then started rambling. I couldn't help myself. I mean, I'm sure I'll end up getting on a dating app or going to a bar because nothing's worse than sitting at home alone on Valentine's Day. How about I pick you up at eight? Kyrie asked. My jaw dropped. 
At some point, I must have nodded, because here I was, on my first date of the new year, if it was a date. Even when we walked hand in hand into the ice skating rink, I wasn't completely sure what I was doing here. Unsurprisingly, the skating rink was packed with couples. Some twirled, others stumbled. But as we laced up our skates, Kyrie pointed to a young man and a five-year-old child. Look at those two. What do you see? She whispered to me. Uh, a single dad, I guess? I grasped for more details. The handsome young man held the boy's hand, teaching him. They're both struggling, so I guess it's their first time here. And judging from the way he keeps looking around and checking his watch, he's probably meeting somebody here. You notice things. Kyrie raised an eyebrow, impressed. That's one of the things I like about you. Keep watching. We made our way onto the ice. I did my best to keep an eye on the pair in the sea of skaters. A strikingly beautiful woman with raven hair stepped effortlessly onto the ice, all smiles. The man grinned and waved. His date was here. He embraced her, but his boy tried to pull away. The kid stomped skated away, looking over his shoulder with wide-eyed fear. His father and the new date followed. The man barely seemed to notice his son. He just stared into the woman's eyes dreamily and allowed her to lead him around the ice. I had to admit it, I understood the feeling. I couldn't say exactly what it was that made the raven-haired woman so special, but it was hard to look away from her. She twirled her date gracefully and pressed him against the rink barrier. Leaning in close, she whispered something into his ear. He lay back and closed his eyes, savoring it, like he couldn't believe his luck. Meanwhile, the boy was running out of energy. He grabbed his knees, panting, and the raven-haired woman shot across the ice toward him like a swooping owl. An expert skater, she clamped a hand over his mouth with one hand and guided him to the exit with the other. It was over before I could react, before I even realized what was going on. A sea of happy couples blocked my path to the door. The boy's father rubbed his eyes, glancing around like a man waking from sleep. Then the panic set in. He stumbled around the ice, grabbing people, asking if they'd seen his son. Kyrie tugged my hand gently, urging me to follow. But by the time we reached the packed lobby and clumsily pulled off our skates, I knew that it was already too late. The raven-haired woman and the boy were long gone. I stared, slack-jawed, at the man's babbling attempt to explain what had happened to the rink attendant. Kyrie tugged my hand again. We should go. You knew. In the snowy darkness of the parking lot, I confronted Kyrie. How? She smirked and kept walking. Hey! I shouted. That man's son could be in danger. What's going on? Like I said, you notice things. I'm confident you'll figure it out. Kylie looked up into the cloudy night sky and sighed, an unreadable expression on her face. But first, you sound like you need a drink. I know a club downtown. XXY read the pink and purple neon letters above the solid metal door. I'd never heard of this place, or even this street, before. But then, I hadn't been to a club since college. I really really hoped Kyrie wouldn't expect me to dance. 
A burly white guy in a skin-tight black t-shirt nodded to Kyrie and opened a solid metal door. A feeling of foreboding filled me as I looked down the dark staircase on the other side. How much did I really know about Kyrie? Did I really want to go down there with a girl I'd only known for a few hours? With a girl who just watched a live kidnapping and done nothing to stop it? Kyrie looked up at me with her dark, curious almond eyes. Before I knew it, we checked our coats and descended into XXY. With the glowing red lights, fog machine, and writhing shapes, the club reminded me of hell. The heat from so many dancing bodies made it about as warm, too. We squeezed our way through the sweaty crowd to the bar, where Kyrie gestured to a guy in a leather vest and chaps who looked like a supermodel. Moments later, he slid and old-fashioned over to me. How had she known it was my favorite drink? I reached for my wallet, but Kyrie shook her head. Do you come here often? I shouted lamely over the pounding music. Almost never, Kyrie laughed. But there's something that I want you to see. I groaned inwardly. Not again. Kyrie gently touched my wrist. She pointed to a tall, bald African man in a suit. His hollow eyes were locked on a skinny blonde guy wearing a mesh t-shirt. The college kid was clearly hopped up on the Red Bull vodka drinks that were the club's specialty, dancing his head off in the heart of the crowd. As the hollow-eyed man moved toward him, I realized that the man didn't just have a sunken face. His eye sockets were completely empty, with nothing inside of them but hungry darkness. The crowd parted for him. People seemed unconsciously repulsed by the gaunt figure, even though I had the strangest feeling that they couldn't even see him. The hollow-eyed man halted just in front of the blonde dancer, and when he did, the young man froze. In fact, everyone froze. From the bartender to the raving crowd, all their heads dropped to their chests, just as though they'd fallen asleep standing up. Deafening dance music boomed from the speakers for a completely still and silent crowd. The hollow-eyed man lifted the blonde dancer's chin. Their lips clamped together in a violent kiss. The dancer's throat grew swollen, bulging as the hollow-eyed man sucked the life from him. I tried to move, but couldn't. I was just as paralyzed as everyone else. It felt like an eternity before the dancer crumpled to the ground, a hollow sack of skin and bones. Beneath his mesh t-shirt, he had the starved look of a death camp victim. The hollow-eyed man scanned the room, apparently satisfied for now. To my surprise and terror, he nodded in our direction before walking, no, drifting up the stairs. The metal door slammed shut and every head in the club snapped up at once. People blinked confusedly and resumed dancing, oblivious to the grotesque sight on the floor. Kyrie took her fingers off of my wrist and gave me a look I recognized. We sh should go. Am I right? I suggested, unable to control the shaking in my voice. Kyrie nodded and led me upstairs through the oblivious crowd. Outside, I lost it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, I don't know what this is, but it is not a date. Huh. Kyrie put a fist on her hip. I thought for sure you would have pieced everything together by now. This isn't funny! I shouted. People are getting hurt! What the hell was that thing? Come with me to one last place. Kyrie grabbed my hand with both of hers. If you still don't understand why I'm doing this, I'll tell you after. I promise. Besides, aren't you hungry? I was starving, actually. But it was after 2 a.m., and the roads were slick with ice. What the hell was going to be open at this time of night? 30 minutes later, Kyrie watched me wolf down my syrupy waffles and cheesy hash browns with a bemused expression on her face. So, what do you want to show me at Banker's house? I asked through a mouthful of food. I just wanted you to eat a nice meal so you don't start feeling faint. Kyrie smirked. Don't you believe me? I shook my head. I just saw a guy get his gut sucked out like he was a goddamn crazy straw. I'm not sure what to believe anymore. Good. That means you're getting closer to the truth. Kyrie ran her fingers up my forearm. Come to the bathroom with me. What? Here? Now? I looked around incredulously. Kyrie lifted an eyebrow and guided me toward the restrooms. I blushed, sure that someone would see when Kyrie yanked me by the collar through the door of the men's restroom. There was no one standing at the three sticky urinals or sitting in either of the two stalls. No one who I could see anyway. Kyrie took me into the smaller stall, locked the door then pulled me up so we were both standing on the toilet lid. There was barely enough room on the white plastic for both of us. I could feel our chests pressed together, her fingers on my back. The restroom door flew open and a guy in dirty black boots staggered in. Dumb slut, he moaned to himself as he struggled to find a zipper. I spent like 30 bucks on her tonight. She owes me. Through the crack in the stall door, I could see where the drunk braced himself against a urinal. It was Johnny. From where he stood, pissing, he couldn't see the pale, naked, genderless figure that was crawling out of the ceiling tile and down the wall. Kyrie covered my mouth a split second before I screamed. The pale thing approached Johnny silently from behind until its gnarled toes were practically touching his heels. Oblivious, Johnny zipped up his pants. But before he could turn around, the pale thing stepped into him. Johnny's clothes and skin yielded like foam as it slipped on his flesh like a pajama onesie. His face shifted from shock to agony and finally to horror before finally settling into an expression of featureless calm. The new Johnny paused in front of the mirror, trying out his hands and fingers like stiff new gloves. Those hands combed apart into Johnny's usually unruly hair, then caressed his chest with the glee of a long-caged animal finally set free. Every trace of drunkenness was gone. The door slammed shut as a shiny new Johnny left the restroom with swift, 
professional strides. What the fuck? I mouthed to Kyrie. She jumped gracefully down from the toilet, unlocked the door, and motioned for me to follow. There's... there's things like that everywhere, aren't there? I stammered. We just don't notice them. Especially tonight. Kyrie nodded. All the eager couples, the first dates, the hookups, the alcohol and loneliness. Valentine's Day is a feast day for creatures like these. You said that there was nothing worse than being alone on Valentine's Day. I wanted to show you that you were wrong and to protect you if you did go out. But why? When you yelled at Johnny that night, I could tell that you'd lost someone special to addiction. Kyrie rolled up her long sleeves. The track marks were too obvious. I couldn't stop myself from reaching out to touch them. I did too, Kyrie went on. Myself. Two horrible truths struck me at once. There was no pulse in the veins beneath my fingertips. And, according to the mirror across from us, I was alone in the men's room. I was already on my way out from an OD when my sire sunk her fangs into my neck. It's a shame. If I'd met you when I was still alive, we might have been very happy together. I backed away until I was pressed against the cold tile wall. I hope you heed my warning when I tell you to hurry home and that you remember this lesson for next year. The night is young, you see, and I still need to feed. <laughs>